Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this edition of News in Focus is your host, Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Happy New Year. It is 2024. And I'd like to begin by reading in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse 1, To everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time of mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time of love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. This is from Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 1 through 8, and we wish you a a happy new year, and of course, uh, we serve the God who holds all time in his hand. In fact, my wife and I were beginning our Bible reading uh, through the Bible in a year program yesterday on the first day of the year. We're reading in Genesis, of course, and just when God had put together this earth and the creation and time and putting the lights in the heavens so that it would be for days and times and seasons. So it was God who created time, and he is also the one, according to Revelation, who will put an end to time, when time will be no more. So you and I, we can have confidence in that we serve the God who has all these things in his hand as we enter into the new year. Well, uh, we have a lot going on already at the State House in Columbus. Uh, in fact, Governor DeWine made national news by vetoing the Ohio SAFE Act that you've heard about on this program. We had Representative Gary Click, uh, Representative Reggie Stolzfus, who talked about the Ohio SAFE Act and Save Women's Sports Act that was passed by both the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate uh, by large margins, and Governor DeWine unbelievably vetoed the bill, uh, and there was a cascade of comments that came from statewide elected Republican uh, office holders, as well as in the Ohio House, the Ohio Senate, even President Trump weighed in. We're going to talk about that a little later in the program, but we're going to talk with uh, one of the state senators who was swatted. Well, what's swatting? Well, that's when somebody calls a false um, call about your home and your residence, and the SWAT team shows up. And you've seen this happen to congressional candidates or congressional office holders, excuse me. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been victimized by this, and it's actually very alarming and potentially dangerous because the, the police, through a 911 call, are being told that there's an emergency situation that's dangerous at that residence, And the SWAT team comes with full body armor, with helmets, and with uh, automatic weapons. And uh, that's what they're showing up. And this is a false alarm. And we're going to hear about what broke in Columbus last week because it it, uh, involves several office holders and even 
our own state attorney general, Dave Yost. With me on the phone is State Senator Annie Brenner, a good friend of the program and a good friend of the Ohio Christian Alliance. He serves in the 19th Senate District, just uh, north of Columbus. Uh, he is the uh, chairman of the Education Committee, and of course, uh, maybe we could touch on that, how educational choice was expanded uh, this last year, and we're thrilled about that. But we find ourselves in so much hostility because of the political left in this country and the, and a time of crisis, quite honestly. And uh, that's why we need to navigate these new waters in the new year. Uh, we really need help. And that's what we're going to do here on News and Focus in the new year. We're going to have guests and uh, analysts and experts and political uh, figures and, of course, office holders to discuss the political issues of our time. Uh, Senator Brenner, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and your wife, and uh, thank you for serving. I, I thank all of our office holders because these are tumultuous times, and it's because of things like what just happened to you last week. And so I want you to take us through that, um, you know, just what exactly happened when the police showed up um, uh, as, they, as your house was swatted by an anonymous call. Yeah, I, uh, fortunately for me, I was, I think, the uh, fourth uh, victim of the swatting calls, so the police were a little more cautious uh, when they approached uh, both of my houses. We had actually recently moved, and my old residence is now a rental property, and uh, fortunately the guest was not there. Uh, but at about a little bit after 3 o'clock uh, on the 26th of December, uh, there were four of us who were swatted at about the same time. Uh, Representative uh, Miller uh, out of uh, Licking County and former Representative Rick Carfagna, who carried uh, House Bill 462 in the prior General Assembly, which increased the penalties of swatting. I carried the Senate version of the same bill, uh, Senate Bill uh, 292, and then Attorney General Dave Yost uh, was also uh, swatted, and uh, he uh, was, of course, an advocate of increasing the penalties for swatting, which was the point of the bill. I um, So basically what happened was I got a, a call at about 3.20 uh, uh, on December 26th uh, from the local police saying, hey, we've sent police to your house. And I'm thinking, oh, my word, something happened, you know, with, with the guest or something. Well, it turned out uh, they said, well, we're going to call you back. The sergeant, we believe this was a, a fake call, a swatting call because of something that happened earlier. So I had a, a Sergeant Diaz called me, uh, very polite, very professional. They had sent some SWAT cars to my uh, former home, which is, like I said, it's a rental now. And uh, nobody was home. They checked it out. Uh, but I do know that my colleagues and former colleague in the Ohio House, uh, they were swatted about 20 minutes before that. And I was told specifically they were swatted about 20 minutes before my house was. And I know that uh, the police showed up in full force at both of those houses. And uh, I know that uh, in the case of Rep. Miller, he had to, you know, he, you know, he's with his family, I believe. Uh, so was Representative Carfagna. Um, so the police show up, and then they go through the full, full rigmarole with their homes. By the time they got to my home, uh, the, the rental, you know, they, they knew something was up. Now. But the problem was I moved, so two hours later, while I'm at the store, my wife's preparing uh, the, the meal uh, that evening, my in-laws and my dad, 
and uh, mother-in-law were coming over for dinner uh, that evening. Um, and uh, while I'm at the store getting some extra stuff, uh, the sheriff's cruisers show up at our house, our newer residence, and uh, that house had also been slotted. So um, my wife spoke to them. They were very polite, very professional, uh, the sheriff's deputies. Uh, and, uh, you know, no, nothing major happened, nothing, you know, but again, I, I think this was a response to the fact that we had passed the bill the year before, and this was, I believe, the one-year anniversary of, of the governor signing it. So, and I, I also think this could have been a test. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, this was surprising that this happened. Uh, of course, all of us, uh, and I don't know if it was because we were Republicans or not, I, I think it had to do more with the bill. But, um, you know, it, it was something that was uh, definitely surprising and definitely, you know, I was, I was angry about it afterwards. I, I will definitely say I was not uh, a happy camper. You know, it's the day after Christmas and, and this happens, uh, you know, to you. And uh, I, I spoke with the other, at least uh, former Representative Carfagna, and I know, you know, they were, you know, they were also dealing with it as well. So. So we're talking with State Senator Andy Brenner of the 19th District, just uh, in Delaware County. And as you just heard, he described what swatting is. It's when the SWAT unit of the police force uh, shows up to your home because someone has called in. Some kind of dangerous situation is going on at that residence. That's all that the police know. Now, this has been a tactic of the political left and crazy people, quite honestly, uh, as a reprisal maybe against somebody as a vendetta, and they'll call in and they'll say, oh, someone's being murdered or someone, I've heard shots, and they'll say uh, crazy things, a uh, false report, and the police show up not knowing, and sometimes, as you've seen, even on television, they'll bash down the door, they'll go in, uh, rifles uh, you know, brandished, uh, and then uh, shouting at people, that's what swatting is, and it's like, so it's a really dangerous situation because if you're at home and, like, you know, um, you know, the senator here, uh, you make the wrong move, you know, the police could actually accidentally shoot you or one of your residents, and this is what's happened in the past. So what a very dangerous situation, a very serious situation. You can't cry fire in a movie theater and not face the penalty of law. Tell us, Senator, uh, this had gone on uh, in our state. We see it nationally. We see it in Washington, D.C. Of course, uh, the local police uh, there and the local mayor is very corrupt, a radical liberal. And she's like laughing about the thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and some of the congressmen who have been swatted by lunatics on the political left. But here, closer to home, Columbus, Ohio, the state attorney general, Dave Yost, was swatted by law enforcement. He's the top cop of the state. This is unbelievable. Uh, Tell me what the attorney general, did you have a conversation with him after this? What did he say? Uh, no, I, I've not. I did not have a conversation with the attorney general. I do know that from the reports, though, uh, everything was cordial. Uh, he, he worked with law. He spoke with law enforcement at the time, and uh, you know he was clearly uh, attacked at the same time. And, and I say this is attack. It wasn't an attack in the sense of you know, but it, it was a victimization of uh, elected officials across the board and statewide. And the sad thing is. You know, when this happened, this was only reported on like conservative news. I in in local news, I did not see it in the national news on the other side of the aisle. 
uh, because, you know, this, you know, plays against the liberal uh, mindset and push that, you know, only uh, Republicans create things like January 6th, and that was also uh, basically made up by the left. Uh, and yes, there were bad things that happened there, and we want to respect all law enforcement. In this case, this was a total abuse of law enforcement. I mean, they had four, five different occasions in one afternoon where you basically utilize a lot of law enforcement that could have been doing something else and made them do something that, you know, could have caused harm to somebody. Uh, it's just appalling, and it, it's a tactic that uh, we, we that's why we increased the penalties. In fact, uh, that the, the bills that went into effect, uh, the Bill 462, uh, they were based on swatting instances that happened in my county of Delaware. One happened in Powell, and one happened in Genoa Township, where former Representative Carfania lives. And uh, that's what led to those bills and increased penalties. So now the question is, you know, can a foreigner, a foreign country or, you know, other radical organizations use this to mess up our police force and actually cause other chaos by doing something else at the same time they're making these swatting calls? And I, I'm concerned that that is the case. I think the federal government needs to be looking into that and making sure that our security here in the homeland is, in fact, secure. You know, I don't want to trample, trample on anybody's First Amendment rights or any, you know, uh, you know, privacy protections. But if you're going to do something like this, uh, we need to make sure that uh, our citizens are protected. We're talking with State Senator Andy Brenner of the 19th Senate District, just north of Columbus in Delaware County. Senator, uh, what is the new penalty? So, for instance, obviously an individual or individuals made these calls. How is it traceable then? I, You know, when you call 911, for instance, on my phone, unless they're using some alternative device to where they're switching and some high-tech thing to where they can't be uh, traced. If I'm calling 911, they know who I am. They can they can show up at any place. Uh, and actually, that's helpful for purposes of um, law enforcement. You know, if uh, someone's calling a 911 call and they're in an emergency, that they can track them. Uh, so, what happens first? Things first here. How will they track who made these calls? These this individual or individuals? Has there been any uh, update on that? I have not received an update. My understanding is it sounds like they just called the regular police line and called this in, not the 911 system. So they bypassed the system that can trace somebody. And my guess is they also used a VPN or a fake uh, phone number online that's probably not traceable. Um, I know there are voice messages of uh, what was left out there. I have not actually heard mine. Uh, my understanding is, at least from the second one, that they suggested that it was a pipe bomb, uh, that a kid had a pipe bomb in the house. And, of course, that's why they had to go out and look. Obviously, the law enforcement is doing their due diligence, because even if it is potentially fake, it could be real. And so you still have to go out and 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 look. Uh, so I, I think really I've already talked to some security experts this last week, and I'm going to be meeting with um, – uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, members of our, our leadership, as well as uh, uh, members of you know the security for the state house and those kind of things, because I, I think this is something that's important that we need to elevate. Probably talk to the members of the governor's uh, office as well on this, because this is something that you shouldn't we shouldn't allow uh, to have happen. 
Uh, the four individuals, uh, elected officials that were involved in this uh, hoax, this prank, this dangerous prank of swatting, was State Attorney General Dave Yost, State Senator Annie Brenner of the 19th District, former State Representative uh, Carfagna. Who was the other representative that was uh, called on? Representative uh, Kevin Miller, who's out of Licking County, he is a uh, also former commander in the Highway Patrol. So, uh, you know, he's a member of law enforcement and has been. So, you know, he knew what to do when law enforcement showed up at his house and they immediately uh, realized uh, that, you know, this was a swatting call. But he was there with his uh, wife and, and kids. And, and um, you know, this is something that we're just fortunate that, you know, nothing else became of it. You know, as uh, citizens, if this can happen to you, you pass the bill. If it can happen to the attorney general and the former commander of the state Iowa patrol, um, I'd have to ask, what good was the legislation that was uh, passed? I mean, uh, if in, if this person or individuals has been can be found, what penalties in the law now with your bill that passed would they face? Well, they now, yes, thank you, Chris. The, the penalties are increased to third degree, uh, and then it goes to a first degree uh, felony if somebody's actually injured or, uh, you know, seriously injured or harmed uh, in a swatting call. So somebody can actually face severe uh, jail time or prison time uh, if this were to occur. And, I, you know, that was the idea behind it. The idea behind it was to deter people. Obviously, it didn't deter uh whoever these individuals or individuals were who made these calls. Uh, but if they get caught, they're going to go to jail. And then I, I would hope that that would be an example uh, to others to not do that. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, deter, you know, especially juveniles or somebody that, you know, it was trying to do it as a prank uh, to realize that, hey, this is serious. I'm going to do serious jail time if I do it and try to dissuade that. So they used the regular police line, not 911. They used a, um, what kind of phone did you say? A VPN phone. What's that? Uh, internet phone, I believe. is. I believe that is what we think happened, but I don't know for certain. Uh, we're, I, we're gonna, I'm hoping to get a report once uh, we get additional details in the coming uh, you know, days <clears throat> or weeks. So uh, what what's the discussion now going forward, uh, now that this situation has happened? Uh, what was that discussion you'll have with the State House, with other officials, in light of what has just happened with this, this swatting? Which, by the way, uh, made state news. A number of television, radio, mm-hmm. and print publications uh, reported the incident. What's your thoughts going forward, Senator? Well, I think that they're now, because we, we've had some law changes to try to protect I, I believe, uh, you know, people work in the Board of Elections. Protocol-wise, I think there needs to be some changes so that if, you know, somebody is an elected official that's in the General Assembly, or my understanding is this ha- does happen for judges and, you know, the prosecutor and others, that their names and their, their identification is in the in the uh, 911 system so that, you know, if a police officer is going to a scene, they know that, hey, there's a judge there, or they know that there's an elected official there, that this could have been something else going on. They'll still have to respond like they normally do, but they'll have more information to know, hey, this person, you know, there, there could be something else going on here. So I think those are the kind of protocols that probably need to go in place statewide, especially for people like the attorney general. I mean, 
I mean, it's appalling that, the, the, you know, here's our statewide chief law enforcement officer, and he was swatted. So it, it's, it's something that we need to put a stop to and, and work to uh, try to improve our systems so that we're able to trace these kind of things when they happen. Very good. Well, uh, we're going to have you back on to give us an update on this uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, but, Senator, before you go, I want to talk to you about House Bill 68 that you voted for. It's the Ohio SAFE Act that protects our uh, young ladies in women's sports and also uh, bans hormone-blocking drugs and sex-changing surgeries on minors in the state of Ohio. It's a good bill, House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. We had Representative Gary Click on the program earlier this year, um, and we had uh, other representatives. But uh, it passed in large margin in the House and the Senate. But Governor DeWine made national news by vetoing, uh, shocking the Republican ranks, vetoing House Bill 68. First of all, your thoughts of the governor's veto? Unfortunately, I'm not shocked. Um, I, especially as it kept going on, I was afraid he would do this. I sat through, because I filled in for a couple of the senators uh, on committee uh, when this bill was going through the Ohio Senate. So I listened to eight hours of opposition testimony. And I will say the chair, Rogner, did an outstanding job. She treated everybody with respect. And I totally felt for the people who were testifying. The problem is the governor or his office, there's no data to back this, this, this stuff up. In fact, Sweden, and I gave a floor speech, uh, Sweden did away with this for minors a little over a year ago. It was in uh, 2022, 2021-2022, when they uh, did away with it. So this is the country that started transgender surgeries and legalized it in 1972. They've got over 50 years of experience with this, and they took it some studies and realized this was not helping reduce suicide. This was not actually improving uh, kids. And so they've done away with it. Um, you know, I've, I've, that information was out there, but you've got a lot of doctors and, and a lot of people in these, uh, in these various groups and psychiatrists who are pushing this, who thinks that there's data there. And, you know, I, I ask, I asked some testimony of the doctors, please supply to me your research. I did not get any research. So, you know, and just to have their association say this is good, that's not good enough. It isn't good enough for anything like masking and, and uh, COVID vaccines. We should re- be requiring to have proper scientific research that's evidence-based that shows correlation and causation. And if they can't do that, then they shouldn't be doing it. Um, I'm prepared to vote to override the governor, uh, but the, the bills right now, it's got to start in the House because it was a House Bill 68. Uh, so the House has to vote to uh, override first. If they do, then it comes to the Senate. And I believe that there's a chance we could uh, vote to override the governor this month. And that would be great, because that's what we're calling for. In fact, uh, we're going to talk about in the next segment the cascade of rebukes that came against the governor in his veto of this bill and the calls to override it. And, Senator, we're glad to hear that you're a vote for overriding the governor's veto. And we got word this afternoon that the Ohio House, the Speaker, is calling for a meeting next Tuesday, January 10th, to try to get enough members back to vote to override the governor's veto on House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. We're going to talk more about that on the other side. Senator, it's so good to talk to you. We're going to have to have you back to 
to talk about the great success of the educational expansion uh, that uh, with Ed Choice that took place, and your committee had a lot to do with that. And so a lot of people are benefiting from school choice and uh, basically picking the school of their choice, not just being regulated into public school, but their own school because of the bills that uh, went through your committee, and we thank you for that. But we've run out of time. want to thank you for coming on the program, and blessings to you and your wife, and Happy New Year, Senator, and thank you for serving. Thank you, Chris, and Happy New Year, and blessings to you all as well. Absolutely. Thank you. That was State Senator Andy Brenner of the 19th District. He is also the chairman of the Education Committee. And uh, again, you heard uh, that he was swatted along with State Attorney General Dave Yost and several other elected officials in the state of Ohio just last week, the day after Christmas. Folks, we're entering a tumultuous year, actually a time of crisis, and we need to stay tuned. And right here on News and Focus, we're going to cover these kinds of issues, so you want to stay tuned. We'll be right back on the other side. Don't go away. This is Chris Long, host of News and Focus, announcing my new book, For Their Honor, How the D-Day Prayer Was Added to the World War II Memorial. This book tells the 11-year story of how one of the largest mass prayers in history was added to the World War II Memorial. The D-Day Prayer was one of FDR's fireside chats, but it stands alone as an incredible moment in American history. The date was June 6, 1944. Operation Overlord, the D-Day invasion of western France, was already underway by the Allied nations. News reports throughout the day were released from General Eisenhower's headquarters with short statements but with few details on what was happening with the landings and on the beaches of France. The American public anxiously awaited throughout the day to hear from President Roosevelt for more details on the historic invasion. What they heard that evening was a president inviting them to join him in prayer. This book will inspire and encourage your faith. You can order yours today at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. From fighting wildfires with air support, helping civilians in flooded neighborhoods, to delivering food and supplies to those who have lost everything, The Army National Guard always responds when disaster strikes. The Army National Guard also trains to be ever vigilant against threats, foreign and domestic. They protect our skies with missile defense weaponry. They secure our information, communications and infrastructure with cybersecurity. And they protect us against chemical, biological and radiological hazards with the civilian support team. The Army National Guard also stands ready to deploy and provide support for conflicts or humanitarian missions abroad. Join the Army National Guard and be there to respond, protect, and support your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. And we're back, and we're going to talk about the veto by Governor Mike DeWine on House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. Shocking Republicans throughout the state of Ohio, and actually nationally, it became a national story. And we're going to share with you some of the comments of Republicans across the country and, and of course, the statewide officials here in the state of Ohio rebuking the governor. Okay, so Governor DeWine is a Republican. Uh, He was elected for a second term. But he has shocked everyone in the conservative Republican ranks by his actions 
on Friday going into the holiday weekend by vetoing in a press conference at 10.30. Prior to that uh, time period, prior to that, in about 10.15, Friday morning, anticipating what the governor was going to do, uh, we made the following statement from the Ohio Christian Alliance. Let me read it to you. Many of you have made calls and sent emails the past few weeks to Governor DeWine urging him to sign House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act, legislation that protects women's sports by banning trans males from competing against girls and women in sports. It also bans the transgender indoctrination that is going on in the public schools and in certain health clinics in Ohio that it is being pushed by children's hospitals, also being pushed by children's hospitals. It bans hormone-blocking drugs and gender-mutilating surgeries on minors. This bill is no, a no-brainer. If Governor, Governor DeWine vetoes this bill, he will have committed an act of political war against conservatives of his own party. His administration will be stamped with liberal, all in caps, and all Republicans, both statewide in the Ohio House and Ohio Senate, will have to make a statement distancing themselves from the governor. Um, 2024 will be a hot political year with the primaries in March and with a general election. Conservatives are angry, and it is understandable. We need to put the that anger to action politically, aggressively, in the primaries and in the general election of 2024. There is no room for cowardice when the stakes are so high. Well, right after that, the governor then did in his press conference veto. He explained his veto of House Bill 68, and immediately the cascade of rebukes came down from the Republican ranks all across the state of Ohio. Here's Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State. He said the Hippocratic Oath states uh, do no harm. We have compassion for children who struggle with mental illness uh, but subjecting an adolescent to a procedure that will change the course of their entire life is utter madness and calls into question the ethics of doctors who perform. I am disappointed that Governor DeWine vetoed House Bill 68. This is a very simple um, uh, this is very simple. We have a duty to protect safety and fair competition for female athletes and to protect children from being subjected to permanent life-altering medical procedures. Uh, that was Secretary of State uh, Frank LaRose. Uh, also, we have a repost of these uh, from Bernie Marino, who's also running for the U.S. Senate in the March 19th primary. Bernie Marino stated the following. He actually retweeted the uh, statement we put out, which we said after he vetoed it. De DeWine vetoes House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. Contact your Ohio House and Senate member and urge them to override the governor's veto to save Ohio's children from sexual surgical mutilation and to save girls and women's sports in Ohio. Bernie Marino retweeted that, and he stated this, allowing young kids to get sex change for surgeries and to be subjected to experimental drugs like puberty blockers that can sterilize them for the rest of their lives is child abuse. I'm calling on the Ohio legislature to immediately override this veto and protect Ohio's children. That had 72,000 views on Twitter. That was Bernie Marino. Here's Derek Marin, State Representative Derek Marin. I strongly support a vote to override the governor's veto on House Bill 68. 
House Republicans have the necessary votes to override in the House. We should do it at our first session in January. We must protect minors from permanent life-altering surgeries and defend women's sports. With me on the phone is uh, Pastor Al Davis of Live with Pastor Al, also a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Pastor Al, this is, it's insanity that the governor did this. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely, Chris. Thank you for letting me be on here today. And as we think about this, you know, I, th- I think the governor is suffering from mental dysphoria here. Uh, something <laughs> is, is not right. And uh, the, the, like you said, the entire Republican uh, slate, uh, pretty much nationally and, and, and here in the state, that people have been coming out against the governor, who is supposed to be a Republican governor, who ran as a pro-life governor, and and here he is canceling, uh, vetoing something that would protect children in this state, saying that he's protecting them. That, that's just doublespeak. Absolutely. State Senator Sandy O'Brien stated the following, I am very disappointed in the governor's veto of House Bill 68 and Save Women's Sports Act. Allowing biological males to compete in women's sports is dangerous. I agree with her. And unfair to women. I will vote to override the governor's veto. You know, Pastor Al, we have seen the reports, and maybe some of you listeners haven't seen it. I mean, young women being brutalized on the field of play by males pretending to be women in high school and junior high play. And, and Al, the, the, it, was, it was terrible. There was one girl just last month uh, where a, you know one of the projectiles in the play hit her in the face by a male that was pretending to be a woman. Uh, she had jo- Her jaw was broken. Her teeth were knocked out. It, it was horrific. The girls were just all screaming and crying. Uh, this is what happens, and it's, and so I agree with Senator um, Sandy O'Brien that it's dangerous. And to think that Governor DeWine vetoed this bill that would have protected these young women, it's an outrage. Pastor, your thoughts? You're absolutely correct that it is an outrage. One of the purposes of government is to protect the innocent. Amen. And the innocent includes children. And when we have young people in this state who are at risk for all kinds of things. And here's a simple bill that would protect them. As you said, the the idea of these young women playing with men in these sports. I remember recently, not too long ago, the women's uh, soccer team, Olympic soccer team, was beaten by a high school boys soccer team. Anybody that thinks that, that males do not have an advantage when it comes to uh, athletic events with women uh, needs to study biology. I mean, certainly there is a difference. Even a young male uh, who is just beginning adolescence, the amount of testosterone that's flooding their system and the physiological changes that begin to take place, the greater bone density and muscle mass and things of that nature, uh, there is just no way that a sensible person could think that allowing uh, somebody who is calling himself a girl playing with women is safe. And certainly this idea of entrusting uh, a counselor to uh, talk a young child, pre-adolescent child, into making life-altering decisions when they can't even get an ear piercing without parental permission is the height of lunacy. As I said, our governor is suffering from mental dysphoria. Here's a quote from Riley Gaines. Many of you know her. She is the national collegiate swimmer who lost her national title to a man that was claiming to be uh, a woman. 
And uh, this is what Riley Gaines says. If our leaders can't find it within themselves to protect children and women, it's time we elect new leaders. Here, here to that. Here's Senator J.D. Vance rebuking the governor. This is a slogan, not a justification. There are many things the law rightfully says no one, including parents, may do to children. Now, he's responding to one of the Twitter uh, people on his Twitter account, but this is what he says. This slogan also ignores the extraordinary pressure from interest groups and Big Pharma to greenlight poorly understood, irreversible procedures. I'm extremely disappointed in the governor's decision and hope it is overridden. That's our U.S. Senator J.D. Vance. And listen to this, folks, from President Trump. DeWine has fallen to the radical left. No wonder he gets loudly booed in every Ohio uh, time I introduce him at rallies. (laughs) I am sorry. That's pretty funny. It's true, though. But I won't be introducing him anymore. I'm finished with this, Stiff. What he was he thinking? The bill would have stopped child mutilation and prevented men from playing in women's sports. Legislature will hopefully overturn and do it fast. President Donald Trump. I agree with the president there. That's exactly what it is. Here's Reardon McLean, a state representative. I'm extremely disappointed. House Bill 68 is not finished. We must and will override this veto. And and then I go on. State Attorney General Dave Yost, and, and i got to tell you, I have been involved with this for several decades. I've never seen uh, statewide officials rebuke their own Republican governor like this. This has never happened. This is unprecedented because his, his veto is unprecedented. He's not, he's not acting as a conservative. He's not acting as a moralist. He's acting on the behest of the, the radical left and the, and the insane children's hospitals who stand to make a lot of money basically with uh, altering little children's sexual order that God gave them. I'm telling you, Al, I'm sorry, my blood pressure starts getting up. Uh, you had me on your program on Friday. Thank you for coming on today. But as the more I talk about this, I just get upset. Uh, this is what Attorney General Dave Yost said. House Bill 68 is about virtually all girls and women who should be able to compete in fair, safe competition, not about the tiny sliver of transgender athletes. Attorney General Dave Yost also said this, kids kids should be kids and are not ready to make forever decisions. A minor cannot even enter into a legal binding contract in Ohio. Isn't non-reversible surgery or medical treatment more important? Uh, You know, the, the, the Attorney General is calling for a, an override by the legislature. Pastor, your thoughts? You're absolutely right, and I like what you said about the Attorney General, because uh, Governor DeWine, in his press conference, said this bill would impact a very small number of Ohio children. That's an exact quote. A very small number of Ohio children. I'm sorry. As you pointed out, especially with the Attorney General's comment, this will affect every single girl in, Amer- in, in Ohio schools. Every single Ohio schoolgirl is going to be affected by this because every single Ohio schoolgirl is now going to have the potential of having to compete against men who claim to be women coming into their locker rooms, coming out into the sporting field. It, it is a lie from the political left. 
And what it also says, it greenlights, by vetoing this bill, greenlights this indoctrination of transgender sex in the public schools, folks. Make no mistake about it. This affects you, your child, your grandchild. You need to call your state representative. You need to call your state senator right now and urge them to vote to override the governor's veto on House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. That's all you need to say. Again, call your state senator. Call your state representative. Urge them. Leave a message. Uh, Believe me, they'll be getting it. Or send them an email and saying, please vote to override the governor's veto on House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. Here's Keith Faber, state auditor. Uh, So we've heard from the attorney general, the secretary of state. Here's the state auditor. I'm disappointed in the governor's decision. I hope the General Assembly overrides his veto of the SAFE Act. This is a common-sense law that protects fairness in girls' sports as well as Ohio's children from permanent medical procedures. Actually, it's sexual mutilation, folks. That's our state attorney. That's a state auditor, Secretary of State, Attorney General, and here is the state treasurer. It's a tre- It's all of them. Um, Robert Sprague said this, we should protect girls' sports and prioritize securing parental rights in the state of Ohio. I will support the efforts by members of the General Assembly to override the governor's veto. Pastor Al, your thoughts? You're absolutely right. We need to contact our state representatives, our state senators, and urge them in no uncertain terms to stand up for the children of Ohio and overturn the governor's veto. Uh, You know, you talked about this uh, surgical and medical attempts with uh, hormones and therapy and surgery to change somebody from male to female. It's impossible to do that. Uh, God created us. The Bible says male and female created he them. Uh, Talking about the creation of Adam and Eve. Amen. Created male or female. It's in the genetics. You cannot through any surgery, you cannot through any therapy, you cannot through any hormone treatments, change the genetic makeup. You're either XX, which is female, or XY, which is male. None of these procedures change that, and this is why it's a lifetime commitment, because once somebody enters into the transgender pipeline, the body is always going to want to revert to its natural genetic makeup. Either XX or XY, male or female or male. And uh, you have to constantly intervene to keep the body from trying to return to its normal state. And, and that's why this is a moneymaker for these hospitals. It's a lifetime cash cow for these hospitals. One of the national publications did a little research. Governor DeWine and his campaign received $40,000 from children's hospitals, and they're the ones that were pushing this and pushing him to veto this. Uh, You want to say it's a quid pro quo, and that may just be the tip of the iceberg of monies that his campaign received when he was running for re-election from the children's hospitals. Shame on them. Uh, yesterday, I was at the uh, a store, and it said, do you want to round off to give the contribution to Children's Hospital? Normally, Pastor Al would have done that, but I spoke up, and I said, not when they want to transition children. And the, and the clerk, you know what she said? You got that right. I said, well, now you know what I do. We're pushing for the legislature to override the governor's veto. She said, good for you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, <laughs> if you want to give to something, give to St. Jude's Hospital, which actually helps children with cancer. 
Uh, Listen to this. This is Angie King, folks. This is state representative. She says this. House Republicans have the votes necessary to override the veto and get back to work. Uh, Girls deserve fair competition. Men should not compete in women's sports. Permanent medical decisions to change one's gender should be made as a consenting adult, not when you were a child. Now, the the governor talked about that he was told by experts, so-called, quote-unquote, please help me, uh, Jesus, <laughs> these people that claim to be experts. They're saying, oh, if you don't do this, your child will be suicidal. They'll have suicidal thoughts. Their, their proclivity is to be their opposite sex of what they were born from. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The truth is they are 19 times more likely to commit suicide of those who have transitioned, transgenders. They're the ones who have psychological problems, and they're the ones who have emotional problems. Pastor Al, it's a terrible thing what, what's happening here. The lies that are being put forth that are going to damage and ruin and destroy people's lives. Your thoughts? You know, you mentioned that statistic about being 19 times more likely to commit suicide than those uh, that uh, are are not subject to these uh, mutilations and such. Um, Governor DeWine in his press press conference said, I also listened to youth and parents. Parents looked me in the eye and told me that their child is alive today only because of the gender-affirming care that they have received. And that echoes the lie that he sat there. I watched the press conference. I didn't see it live. I watched it later. And he looked into the camera as he made those remarks, and he had this look on his face about how can you argue with protecting children when either he knows that the statistic you said, that these kids that enter into gender-affirming care, as they call it, are 19 times more likely to commit suicide, or he's terribly ignorant on this issue, and you would think that before vetoing something, he would have become educated on it. Either case, he's ignorant or willingly lying is is a really troublesome thing to have a governor that's either one of those things, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, and uh, he does not have the people's interest here. He has special interest in mind here from the political left. He has betrayed the members of his own party, and you know what? They feel that betrayal, and he literally committed an act of war politically with his own party, and that's why, unprecedented, you have the state attorney general, the secretary of state, the state treasurer, the state auditor, never happened before, rebuking one of their own party. i got to tell you, folks, uh, this outspoken, the, the head of the Republican Party would be President Donald J. Trump right now, the last Republican um, president to serve and is running for re-election, has made that stiff rebuke. He said, that guy, no way. And no wonder they boo him in his own state. And he's right about that. You know, the President uh, Trump, when he was campaigning in 2020, wondered why when DeWine came to stage, people booed him. That was about the shutdowns. This is much more egregious, as bad as that was. And many of us suffered because he kept us from our uh, adult parents who were in nursing facilities. I had to make several appeals to the governor. Uh, you know, that still hurts. Uh, that I wasn't able to go in and see my mother, and there was thousands upon thousands who had that story. And we're going to, by the way, there's going to be a new development on that because we have a special uh, open records request about that because of another bill, the Never Alone Act, has actually resurrected some of that problem. So, 
you know, Mr. DeWine's problems are not over here. We're going to find out if he actually lied about that or his Department of Health lied uh, because of this other bill that's moving forward. But, you know, Pastor Al, this is just outrageous. Here's what Jenna Powell, God bless her, state representative, worked on the Save Women Sports Act uh, all this time. She said, Governor DeWine failed millions of women and children today by vetoing House Bill 68. The bill was well-vetted, incredibly effective, and had overwhelming sen- uh, consensus that it was the best policy for Ohio. We must and will override the veto and protect Ohioans. God bless them. And folks, they need your calls. They need your emails. You leave it in their inbox and you call your state representative, your state senator, and urge them to override a vote of the governor's veto of House Bill 68, the Ohio Safe Act. Pastor Al. Yes, and I would echo that, encouraging people to contact uh, their representatives and urge them to override the governor's veto of the Safe Act. Because, you know, we have checks and balances in our state constitution, like in our uh, U.S. Constitution, for a reason. When somebody just goes completely off the reservation like this, when somebody completely goes against the things that they purported to run upon and stand upon uh, when they were running for election, uh, it, it is the duty of the people of Ohio to stand up and say, no, and this will not stand, and to contact their state representatives and senators and urge them to action to fulfill their constitutional duty to exercise checks and balances against such a horrible action on the part of the governor. If you go to the website of the Ohio Christian Alliance, that's ohioca.org, or search Ohio Christian Alliance, you will see there will be a quick link there for the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate. From those links, you'll be able to either phone their offices or write them an email, again, urging a veto of uh, a vote to override the governor's veto of House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. Let's get back to protecting women's sports in the state of Ohio and protecting our children from surgical sexual mutilation that the radical political left, and it's actually satanic, and that's what we're fighting right now. We're fighting spiritual battles in our state, and this is public policy. The Ohio Christian Alliance is going to be active in 2024, folks, and we, we need your prayer support. We also need your financial support. We're going to be doing a voter guide for the primary and the general. We're going to be out there, and, and news and focus. Uh, we are re-energized to get back after it in the new year, and we're going to be bringing to you rel- relative information that's going to be impacting your life and so that you can take action points from. Pastor Al, I'm glad to have you in the fight with me. It is a spiritual fight. We must always remember that, but we need to know that we need to fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're in this fight, and it's Christ who is our Redeemer, and he is a captain of the host. He's the one that's leading us, folks, and we are going to fight this fight uh, because there there's so many lives in the balance. Pastor Al, uh, we're closing out here, but a quick thought from you. 
Well, and I would urge people also to pray. While we're contacting our representatives, our senators, we need to pray, and we need to pray for Governor DeWine. The Bible commands us to pray and to pray for all that are in authority over us. And uh, we need to pray that he comes to his senses here, and uh, we need to pray that he, he comes to a, a, a saving knowledge of Christ and that the, he looks to God for guidance rather than to these radical leftist groups that apparently have been guiding him. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for that admonition. We do need to pray, and I I receive that. And so, folks, let's be in a spirit of prayer. Well, thank you, Pastor Al, for joining me, and thank you, listeners, for joining us as well. If you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at ohioca.org. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by the Ohio Christian Alliance.